And now, on with the show. Another he said, she said, Hollywood separation. Another left wing, right wing, mud slinging confrontation. It's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday. Hey, everybody. It's good to be with you. It is definitely, definitely a Friday. Hey, Cheesy. Hey, Friday all day. <laughs> I like it. I'll take it. How you doing, Mr. Cake? I'm calling you Cheesecake today. I was just going to say, who's Cake? <laughs> <laughs> I am kind of sweet. You are. Not going to lie. You are. I'm looking, for- I'm looking forward to getting together in Texas, although I'm a little disappointed we're not doing an Airbnb. You know what else was sweet? Those freaking pastries from Mike's Pastries. Absolutely. You know who else is sweet? That Wes Payne. Hey there, Wes. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Hey, Ange. Hey, I'm here. Hello. Oh, actually, I'm not here. I'm in. I'm in my house, not the studio, for the first time. Don't break the fourth wall. Hello, L. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's going great. Actually, it's not. I'm freaking out. I'm. Uh, I'm drinking profusely today. So. Wait, that's allowed? Hold on, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a Friday stream rule. Oh goodness. It's it depends. I'm actually really I'm actually really stressing out about Texas Linux Fest because I just I waited too long to book everything. So last night I was like, I gotta book the flight, I gotta book the hotel room. This has never happened before. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It it the thing is, is like uh, I, I just get like to a maximum like travel maximum event thing and I'm like no way there's I can't accept that there's any more events like I get to like this nothing exists beyond three days state of mind when I get really busy my entire reality is three days at a time and if somebody asks me about something in two weeks from now I'll be like yeah man that's great what a great idea because I can't I literally can't conceptualize beyond three days that's where I'm at right now so clearly the only solution is to ha- to have a drink or two you know that's the only way to that's the only way to do it. I fully support that. But I'll get through it. I'll get through it. I don't I don't know how you do it, El. You travel all the fucking time. Right? She's going to Spain next week <laughs> and then still going to Texas Linux Fest the week after. It's cuz I make Wes go. Hey, I'm happy to join. <laughs> Wes is a lot of fun to hang out with actually. Uh, I feel like Wes and I connected on a whole other level in Boston. I don't want to speak for you, Wes, but uh I really enjoyed you in Boston. Like, you know, like we like we had that conversation about the strike and you were like you felt comfortable to push back and I don't know, I just like I felt like I got to know you on a whole nother level in Boston. It was a very real experience. I mean there was a lot of work there too, but the combination yeah. of the Airbnb and just I don't know, the energy of that trip, yeah, it really worked out well. It was it was great. What's what's what I really like about it, and I think what's gotten me really kind of fired up recently and why I wanted to start the Friday stream is every time that I end up getting a chance to spend time with one of you fuckers, I end up liking you even more, which Ange can attest is not a common thing. I generally don't like people. Well, just wait till you get to the 18 year mark and then it changes. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my ding? Where's my ding? (laughs) All right. Hold on. I'll get you one. There it is. is. It was completely amicable. I don't mean to imply there's, you know, it's a joke. (laughs) No, it's good. It's a good shot. It might be a parabola though. (laughs) <laughs> How you doing, Brent? Oh, I'm doing all right. I didn't actually realize it was Friday, so you guys are all uh, educating me today. <laughs> are you are you joking? I'm one of those people who just never ever knows what day of the week it is. Apparently here in Canada this weekend. Is that good or bad? Um, I can justify most things, I think. I I like it. I like it. It turns out that it's a long weekend here in Canada for most people, and I didn't even realize it. So everybody's like, hey, what are you doing for the long weekend? I don't know. I'm traveling. <laughs> the prices were cheaper. Where are you? Uh, still in BC right now, traveling back to Ontario on Sunday. So the adventure continues. Uh, you should just come back. Oh, don't, don't tempt me. I might be back tomorrow. Why not? Well... Okay, fine. Why not? <laughs> that Come was on. easy. Seriously, I miss you. 
All right. I'll be gone for unplugged. You could uh you could help, you know, cheese this filling in, but you could use some help. Seriously. Could you could you get here could you get here by Tuesday? Pondering, pondering. In fact, if you want, I'm going down to Portland on Wednesday to go to the Clear Linux meetup and I'd love to have somebody go with me. Oh man, you guys. So Portland is on my list and when I was in Washington I was like, "Oh, Portland was so close. I should have went, but I didn't." So, uh Dude, I'd love to take you. I'll go down we can spend the entire day down there and then we'll spend the evening going to a Intel campus doing a meetup. We'll get dinner. Let's do it. This sounds amazing. So let me let me after the show, let me take a look at what's what the implications are and we'll see if we can make it happen. No, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. <laughs> He's not going to accept no. You only live once, dude. Yellow. Come on. Oh, the peer pressure. <laughs> Don't make me go to Portland by myself. That's so lonely now. Oh, come on. Airbnb? Is that what we're doing? I don't know. I, I do need to stay somewhere. You're right. Does sound pretty awesome. Um, will, will you wake up to say goodbye to me this time? Oh! <laughs> wow. Wow. All right, deal. Deal. All right. Okay. It's fair, fair enough. enough. It's, fa- it's fair enough, though. Small price to pay. No, it's, you know, it's fair enough. I, uh, I was really, 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 really tired. <laughs> I got to write you a love note. It was all good. <laughs> you did. That was, I, I did really appreciate the note. All right. Well, you might have heard our intro song here. It's pretty great. It's called Flavor of the Day. We'll have a link in the show notes. By GoFetch. And why that's so awesome is uh, they filmed their music video in your family's restaurant. Yep, my mom's diner, Planet Java Diner, down in Seattle in Pioneer Square. Uh, they they did the whole thing in there. And what's co- even cooler, right, because uh, it's my mom's diner, but the very beginning of the music video, which you can find on YouTube and in the show notes, uh, is one of Chris's mom's artworks that my mom bought from her. Yep. So yeah. it's right there on the right. It's just, it's so, it's super cool. But yeah, uh, that's my mom's diner and they did a 50s themed thing for this. And I really like the song. I have bought it already. So it's pretty cool. I don't think bought it's a word, but I know what you mean. I have already bought it. You own it now. This is where we need to call Joe. <laughs> we, should, we should have like a video just like hit the button up joe can you clarify but uh we also got permission to play the song here on the stream too so that's that's awesome you know what's crazy about your mom's restaurant so it's what's what's great um first of all i will recommend the chicken strips second of all it's a 50s themed diner so that that kind of draws the eye i think of photographers and videographers because you you probably remember this, Ange, but we talked about this on Tech Talk Today a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Like your mom's diner, <laughs> which kind of sounds like a euphemism for something that I haven't <laughs> thought of yet. <laughs> like it also sounds like a podcast name, your mom's diner. Uh it it was also like one of the first places in Seattle to get one of those interior Google Maps um where where you can like you can do the street view and then you can go inside the building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were weren't you there? I was. Like a fat version of you was there. Wow. Right? We talked about this before. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was in the family reunion show, or maybe it was after we were done recording it that we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. That might have been it. Yeah. But yeah, Fat Ange in there. Yeah, so you can find Fat Ange <laughs> if you go look for Planet Java Diner on Google Maps and then you go inside. Uh, I will admit she looks much better now, but and she doesn't have that MacBook either anymore. That was She had a fat, she had a fat MacBook too. It was... It was a mess. But uh, I did get like exclusive. I did. I interviewed the guy while I was there. And then he talked to his boss and his boss was like, no, you can't do that. Have her delete it. Yeah. He had to delete it. We were going to play it on the air. Well, I didn't delete it, but. Oh, you have it? So sneaky. No, I will. Yeah, I will try to find it. They wouldn't care now. Yeah, probably not. But the thing was, is back then it wasn't it was an unannounced feature that Google Maps was going to go inside buildings. That's why they cared. But now everybody knows that Google Maps does that. So we could totally play the interview. So how long ago? How long ago did they go in there? And what was the band's name again? Go Fetch. So how long ago did uh, Go Fetch go in there? Was it like a while ago? I I think it was within the last couple months. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know exactly which day, but oh, it was. I just remember because she was telling me that she needed to have somebody there, you know, like work late because they did it after closing. So it was. Uh, it must have been the end of last year. Well, there you go. Go check it out. You want to see what mom's diner, uh, Angie's mom's diner looks like? <laughs> go check out Grandma's diner. Uh, Planet Java Diner, if you're in the Seattle area, go there and then tell them, tell them, number one, that you're there because of Jupiter Broadcasting, and then tell them, number two, 
that they should have comped Chris's meal. <laughs> so do you? So if you say that, do you get a discount, or do they charge you more? No, probably. Yeah. No, probably, probably. I was just, you know, because everybody knows I've told the story a million times. But if I, I used to work in downtown Seattle. I had, I had a law firm client down there, and so I could walk over to Angie's mom's diner and get myself some nice chicken strips. But they'd charge me. Yeah, this is while we were married. Yeah, they'd charge me. They'd charge me full price, right? Even even though I'd help them out with tech issues from time to time, you know, get the Wi-Fi set up, stuff like that. But if I go there with Angela, then the meal's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just pointing that out. Like, I didn't charge them for the tech consulting, but it's cool. It's cool. It's all good. It's all good. So, Ange is the discount card, is what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, basically. Take an Ange with you. <laughs> Everywhere you go. Yeah. Bring a pocket Ange. <laughs> yeah. We should have like a discount code because if you're going to do the Jupiter Broadcasting Pacific Northwest Tour, yes. Planet Java Diner. I will talk to her about that. Yeah. Yeah. And then our audience can have a discount and you can pay full price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Friday. The discount code should be Friday and everybody else gets a discount but me. I have to pay full price. And like it could be like free fries or something. Something stupid. I think she might agree. Yeah. I think that'd be <laughs> awesome. All the discounts should add up and you should have to pay for everyone's discount. Oh! No, no, no. Shut up. Let's not go there. Let's, just, let's just stop. Stop talking. Stop. Stop it. Damn it. Ah, Elle saved me from this. Are you freed from your server room? I heard earlier this week you got trapped in the server room. Yes, I finally got out. Yeah, it might have been some nefarious ways of getting out, but we got out. <laughs> now, was this a voluntary thing? Like, did they did they trap you on purpose, and uh, were you trapped voluntarily? Explain. You got everything. You got to explain all of this to me. So Ellie and I had gone down to the valley to McAllen, Texas, to do our talk, um, Confessions of a Sysadmin, at a up-and-coming new B-Sides conference. But the thing is that we had never actually worked on the talk while being in the same room. We'd only ever done it over Zoom. So about 10 minutes before the talk, we got this bright idea of we should find some place to actually practice a little bit of it so we can get a feel for it. And we start asking around, and all of the rooms are taken, but one of the guys is like, well, I know you guys you can use the server room so he finds somebody from security badges us in and he's like okay you know just have fun and closes the door (laughs) we didn't think about the fact that hey it's probably locked from both ways so when we finish practicing i go to open the door and i'm just like oh god Oh, God. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I imagine it's loud in there, too, right? So you have that ambient, like, fan noise. And it was freezing. So are you, like, shouting at each other, basically? <laughs> no, it's funny, because I think that we were both tired, and anybody who's done conference talks know that you get conference brain. Yes. Because we looked at each other, and I was like, okay, who do we know on Twitter that can help us? That was, like, the first words out of my mouth. <laughs> and so she's thinking, well, we can message, like, Jason Street. Like, I'm sure he knows how to get these pins out of the door so we can get out. Wow. The fact that we had phones and could call someone was, like, the third thought through our head. Because the next one was, <laughs> if we start disconnecting cables, I'm sure somebody will notice. That's definitely true. Yeah. Pl- unplug something important. Somebody will definitely notice that. <laughs> Now, here's the important thing, though. Did you actually have the moment that you needed to, um, like, synergize on the talk or whatever you want to say? Did you have that moment? We did. But I think that by the time we got in the room, everything we'd worked on was just forgotten. Because there was a small part of us that were like, how long till somebody realizes, hey, like, were they just going to cancel the talk and not come looking for us? Because it was one guy that I didn't even know his name that knew that we were in there. How long were you in there? It was like, was it like more than an hour? No, it, luckily we, we went Good. in 10 minutes before the talk. So about five minutes into that, they started looking for us. So I think we only realized we were locked in there for about five minutes. But in my head, it was like, you know, 15 to 20. <laughs> yeah, sure. Of course, it feels like forever. I would be looking around. I'd be like, okay, so I see some Dell hardware. I, like, I'd be doing like a little bit of an inventory, looking at their wire management. Did they, did they pass the sniff test? You know, what's funny is I have no idea actually how they got us out because they they kept trying to convince us that the door had been open the whole time and so we're like no we both pushed on it and to this day or to this day i guess it's only been a few days but i actually messaged the guy and i was like so where did y'all find the security (laughs) guard he's like no the door was open i promise and i'm like hmm Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. cheese and i aren't buying that yeah yeah well i immediately think uh 
like 24 or so, like everything slows <laughs> down yeah. right time <laughs> slows down you, the clock's <laughs> ticking you're trying to figure out like how can i get out of here I think this was the first time, though, that I was actually like, oh, God, I have some street cred because they trusted me enough to be like, oh, it's L. Don't worry about it. Just put her in the server room. Right. But then I have to think they haven't listened to the show because how much stuff do I break? <laughs> <laughs> Let's let the girl that's working on cybersecurity jump right into the server room. Here's physical access. Dude, though, I love the idea of L being like a female Jack Bauer, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Tell me where the malware is. Like, I could totally <laughs> see that. That'd be so amazing. She'd be very serious, though. It'd be a totally different L. You'd have to, like, you'd have to go all red with the hair L. I can, do, I have pictures. <laughs> but, you know, it was okay because I was trapped in there with a Windows computer. So, I mean, the only thing I could think to use it was, like, to knock the door down with it. So, yeah, absolutely. And you almost yeah. had the, the perfect excuse not to have to give that talk. <laughs> I actually like doing it, though. <laughs> yeah. How did the talk go? How did that go? You know, I was scared. Really? It was the first time that I really put myself out there. What? It, oh, because oh, it's the confessions of the sysadmin talk. And it is. And I was doing it on a Windows machine that I borrowed when I got there. So I'd never actually used it. And I was like, oh, you know, how hard can it be? Famous last words. <laughs> okay, wait, stop. Stop right there. So um, for context, for people that don't know Elle, um, I mean, at this point, Elle, you must have given hundreds, nearly. Of talks, right? Yeah, probably hundreds of talks. So you're telling me you are a little nervous, and then you, uh, and then the other thing, uh, the other thing probably to know about Elle is her talks are online, like slide wise. So I guess you could use any machine that has internet access in theory, it, it, Mac, Windows, Linux, right? Yep. But you just don't know how it's going to work, like with the equipment. Yeah, you know, I mean, when I got there and I hook up, I'm like, how do you do screen display? Because it was mirroring. And I'm like, I, where are settings? Can, I literally was like, all right, who in here is a window user and can you come help me? Well, and it's like when you're when you're up there on stage, like the last thing you want to be is a noob because like I'm supposed to be talking from a point of authority, but I can't figure out how to get my tech to work. But, you know, I've had it happen when it was actual companies like, I don't know if I want to say, but a certain distro went to go give a talk about their actual machine that they had and they couldn't get the display to work before. <laughs> was it Susa? Was it Sousa? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying <laughs> nothing, man. I have enough people mad at me. <laughs> yeah, all right. It was Sousa. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I mean, I just, that is, I don't know. It's like the most ultimate, like, uh, throw you off your game moment. I have that. I actually, you know, have been doing this for a very, very long time. And when we start having technical issues here in the studio, it can, even still, it can throw me off my game. Um, it doesn't, it like, it doesn't seem to be something that I've gotten past. There are days when I like tuck and roll better and there's days where it affects me more, but, um, it's rattling because you end up thinking more about like, well, why the fuck isn't this working with the projector or, uh, are they watching me as I try to struggle with this windows box? Do they think I'm a windows user now? Like these things are essentially CPU cycle stealers. They're taking CPU power away from the talk process, which is what really should be your brain's operating system's primary process is the talk. Presenting, communicating, having a good presentation. That is really what your brain's CPU should be spending the majority of its time on. But because we're humans and it's not a computer, we can't just nice something. We end up thinking about how do I look right now? How does this how does this come across to the people watching? What the hell do I have to do to get this stupid projector to work? Is it something wrong with my settings? I, I'm really surprised that you were even okay, that you even were like, uh, I, you, you even accepted like using somebody else's hardware. I, I, would, I would assume at this point you're like, it's got to be my machine and it has to be a controlled environment or no thanks. Yeah, I think that was kind of the point of the talk, though, is saying that sometimes we have to go beyond our comfort levels if we really want to learn something new. Oh, snap. And so I was trying to prove a point, and I, I think I really did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you can't be, you can't have a talk about that and then not be willing to go out of your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, the most cringe-worthy moments at conferences are when you see a presenter kind of look up and they're like, can I borrow someone's laptop? And everyone just kind of pulls into themselves and, like, cradles their laptop to themselves. My precious. Yep. One thing that's really saved me a whole bunch is I carry one or two like live USBs of my favorite distro and um 
that's gotten me out of a lot of jams from broken laptops to just needing to use someone else's hardware. It doesn't work everywhere, of course, but almost everywhere. So might consider that. It's tiny. Little emergency live environment. Oh, God. backups to backups. That's my whole philosophy. Yeah, an emergency get the job done environment. Yeah, and to your credit, you know, I've seen you plop down here in the studio, grab a machine, and just get, you know, right to work within a few minutes, really. Yeah. Well, it was nice you had uh, Kubuntu installed already, so you <laughs> saved me a step. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Wes and L are about to hop on a plane in just a couple of days and go to Barcelona for Kubicon. Yes, we are. And aren't you just a little bit jealous? Yeah, you know me well enough now to know that I am. <laughs> I am a little jelly. Okay, well, what can I look out for? I mean, you don't use Kubernetes per se, but you're obviously watching. Can I uh, yeah. try to ferret yeah. something out for you? Ooh, okay. All right. So let's see. Uh, um, hmm. Well, I'll tell you what I'm genuinely curious about is the whole world is shifting to Kubernetes. Um, Red Hat was talking about OpenShift 4's focus on Kubernetes. Canonical is talking about how they work with Kubernetes. DigitalOcean is talking about Kubernetes. I guess, too, like I think one of the things that L mentioned to me is that DockerCon seemed like it was transitioning right it was like making DockerCon was like transitioning to almost like a sub feature of like people that use kubernetes there were quite a few talks and even workshops that kind of showed how to interact with the kubernetes environment just with the basis that docker was the underlying container infrastructure so i don't know what that translates to exactly other than i'm curious now that it seems like kubernetes is this is like the the year of kubernetes like they're on top of the world so what is that well, I think it kind of fits with what we saw when we were at Red Hat Summit, right? Like business goals are the thing and Docker is a piece of technology. Kubernetes is the thing that, you know, you can market to an organization and say like, don't worry, worry less about operations here. We'll run your containers for you. Right. Because when you say Kubernetes, what I hear in my primitive brain that isn't fully, fully connected to this is what I, what I hear is essentially uh, a vendor neutral solution. At the highest level. That's what I take away is if I use Kubernetes, I, I have a cross-vendor solution, cross-cloud solution um, that I can build towards while the industry uh, sorts itself out. Yeah, it gives your developers something to target too, right? You're like, okay, here's how you interact with it. Here's an API you can talk to. And here's how you build things that run on it. Yeah. How long's the flight, you guys? How long do you have to fly? I haven't done the math. I leave here at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, and I get there at 10 a.m. Central European Time. So a lot long, long time. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Ay, ay, ay. Going back, one of the things that I'm really interested to see is the, who are the people that show up? Because when I would go to Open Infrastructure Summit or OpenStack Summit, it was CEOs, it was CTOs. It was a lot of people who were actually decision makers. But at DockerCon, I see a lot of just real users, people who are actually working on it, not just developers, but people, mm. sysadmins. So yeah. I'm wondering what it'll look like at KubeCon. Is it going to be the implementers, the people that actually do the work, or is it going to be the purchasers? Right, because for a long time it was kind of dominated by, you know, people who saw these high-level problems, but we're on the cutting edge. But these days there are plenty of real-world installs with admins suffering through maintaining them. Yeah. Oh, I, I also just am I'm going to miss the experience, you know, traveling like that. And uh, have you guys, you guys have your hotel figured out and all that kind of stuff? Got the hotel and the after parties figured out. That's the huge part, man. <laughs> oh, I'm jealous. There's one every night. There's actually more than one every night. Really? Yep. And you have to bounce from them. That's how you meet people. You don't meet people at the conference. They're there to get answers. They're a little standoffish. But you go to the after party, and that's when you really find out what's going on. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree. And that's often when it has to be off record. But I promise you, audience, that we use those conversations to inform our discussion on air. So sometimes when you hear opinion, it is opinion that has been informed by conversations that happen at after parties that we are not allowed to record. But we do use that to inform our commentary. And I think that's part of our special sauce. So I think it's great that you're going to do that. Because honestly, a lot of people are working for a company where they can't go on the record about something even as mild and bland as a topic as it might seem to those of us listening, 
The companies don't want to take any kind of controversial stances, and so therefore the employees can't either because they'll be representing their employer, and they have to be very careful. And I, you know, it's their job. I understand that. But they are willing to have a conversation with us, and we have so many great, insightful conversations that are off record, um, most of them, actually. <laughs> what you hear on air is such a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of the conversations that we have off air. And I don't think we've, ever, we've never really said that before, but it is true. It is very, very true. Yeah, for a lot of reasons, right? That happened to me when I was riding on the bus to go to the DockerCon party. You know, I was talking to the guy next to me. We started talking about vulnerability scanning and container security. And so I broached him about a question about, you know, how active are the threat vectors like actually happening? Like how many attacks are you seeing a day? What type of activity are you seeing? And he kind of takes a deep breath. He looks at me, he goes, can you forget I mentioned what company I work for? And I was like, I don't even Ah. remember. And he Mm -hmm. just started laying it on the line. And I was like, wow, eyes open. These companies are legitly under attack on an hourly, if not more, basis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it just depends on the particular sector. Um, Al, before we move on, have you ever and are you comfortable saying how many kids you have on air before we continue on? I think I've said it. I have three kids. Okay. Oh. Well, he just said it. All right. <laughs> My bad. I was, uh, <laughs> Edit it uh, out. That's all right. It's good. It's good. No, um, I, how are you? I just, I want to ask you just from like a parent to parent perspective, like how do you do all the travel with the three kids? Like how do you make that work? So if it's anything in the state of Texas, they go with me. All of my kids have pretty long resumes for actually volunteering at conferences. Um, A few of them have talked already at a conference. And then the international ones, I just rely on friends and just whatever you got to do to make it happen. They're really understanding. What's your plan for like the, uh, the June company event? So we're having a big old company get together in June at Linux Academy. What's your plan for the kids? I think the youngest one will be with me and the two oldest have decided to go to camp. Oh, really? Yep, yep. That's interesting. Texas camp, eh? Hmm. 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 All right. I was going to play a game to see if anybody on the panel knew how, uh, how many kids you had. I'm sorry. My guess is three. <laughs> was it going to be three? Really? No, 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 oh. but it, oh. it's now an informed yeah. guess. <laughs> Reliable sources. <laughs> it's just a hunch. <laughs> you, see, Brent, you see how they're going to Barcelona? Like, you and I need to do something cool. And you and me taking a trip to Portland would be pretty cool. We would have some rival stories, too. Uh, right? You know. Come on, Brent. Brent, if you don't go, Chris is going to miss out on all the cool stuff you'll drag him to. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll, I'll either complain the entire time or I'll try to make it sound so awesome you'll wish you had gone. Neither one of those are good. <laughs> <laughs> They're both bad for me, it sounds like. <laughs> Logical. <laughs> All right, very good. Oh, man, what a week. I think we're going to have to make a new show because there is so much going on that doesn't necessarily fit into the other shows. That uh, it, It's obvious. There's a few areas that uh, we need to have some, sh- some, some coverage. And I, I, don't, I don't personally use WhatsApp but holy shit, what a week for WhatsApp. WhatsApp says a security flaw in its messaging system has let hackers gain access to, in its words, a select number of users' phones. Now the tech company, which is, of course, owned by Facebook, is urging its more than 1.5 billion users to update their apps. Let's go to Thomas Degg, who is following this story this morning out of our studio in London. Uh, Tell us more about this vulnerability, uh, Thomas, in WhatsApp. Hey, Thomas. Well, the spyware exploited vulnerability uh, in in WhatsApp's call function. So beyond just messaging back and forth, uh, WhatsApp also allows you to use the app for for video or audio calls like Skype or or FaceTime. But with this vulnerability, you didn't even have to pick up the call for the spyware to take hold and for the hacker apparently uh, to gain access to your smartphone's microphone and camera. Imagine. Uh, So Facebook, uh, Facebook, as you say, owns WhatsApp. Uh, And Facebook has, of course, had its own privacy controversies recently. But this uh, really comes as a major embarrassment for WhatsApp since it prides itself on being hack-proof. 
supposedly with its uh, end-to-end encryption, meaning only the sender and the recipient are supposed to be able to read the messages um, on WhatsApp. Uh, The company says uh, its software engineers have identified the problem. They've released a patch in their latest update. So uh, if you're a a WhatsApp user, uh, go to your iOS or your Android uh, app store and download. Make sure you scroll to the the bottom and download the latest uh, update uh, for WhatsApp to patch this problem. Heather. Thank you for that. I am one of the billion and a half users of that. So I'll be looking to find that (laughs) new uh, version to download. Now, Al, are you one of those billion and a half users of WhatsApp? I am not. I do not use WhatsApp. Um, And the more that I started reading about it, the happier I was about that. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So you were reading about it. What did you discover? Okay, so it's interesting. The vulnerability itself is interesting because, you know, it's the Pegasus malware and when we start reading about it, you start reading about the fact that it was known and that you know that the NSO group is the one that's you know responsible for it. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Well, every article that talks about it is just kind of like, oh, yeah, the NSO group works with a lot of militaries and governments to be able to root and backdoor phones and computers to be able to get them information. Like, this is just commonly known things that no one seems to bat an eye at. Yes. Like, it's just an assumption. Yeah. I mean, I even read that the NSO group was actually recently valued at about $1 billion for a buyout that was going to happen in the UK. And I'm just like, okay, so we have a company that we know is basically kind of backdooring our privacy rights. They sound like a for hire, like we'll hack for hire kind of company. And they come out and they say, you know what, we don't use our own technology. We only use it for a specific targeted person organization that has been proven that, you know, um, I guess that they're doing something malicious. But who's proving it and how? I don't know, because it just says, well, intelligence and law enforcement agencies. (laughs) Okay. And then I read even further. And the way that it came out that this had happened was not that WhatsApp figured it out. It's that there was a human rights lawyer that started noticing some very interesting things happening with his phone. And he reached out to another group and said, hey, can you look at this? Because I'm worried. And they're the ones that found the vulnerability and contacted WhatsApp. No. I just was at a loss for words at how just, you know, everybody's saying this like it's it's no big deal. And this is a company that has actually been sued by Amnesty International. Um, and the lawyer that was being looked at happened to be a part of that case. <laughs> wow. Wow. The, how deep does this particular Drew rabbit hole go? I, yeah, I, this, I'd love to know. I am at a loss for words, as you can see. <laughs> yeah, that's something. And on, on a functional standpoint, Wes, we're, we're dealing with uh, what kind of malware here? Are we dealing with uh, something sneaky? Is it just a basic buffer overflow? Like, what are we dealing with on like, the actual like, day-to-day functional side? Yeah, really, it was just a flaw in WhatsApp's VoIP stack. So there was a buffer overflow vulnerability in some of the ways that they handled the secure version of the control protocol that goes along with RTP, which, if you recall, from any sort of live streaming, is the protocol most used in VoIP to just shove a bunch of media over UDP. So that's why you Mm. could start a call, and as the sort of control protocol was trying to get things set up, even if you hadn't actually answered, right, you still have to talk about, like, have signaling, talk about, oh, let's make the phones ring and, and notify the end user a call is in progress. That's where the vulnerability lied, and that's what made it so insidious. And of course, WhatsApp isn't open source, so we kind of just have to just take what they say. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure what they say is fine. Um, you know, it, I, I guess it, it, it really, it, it just is probably a good idea to remember that Nothing's always secure. Telegram, WhatsApp, maybe even Signal, things like that. Like always, always think of them as possibly getting exploited in some way where your messages could become public. So write your messages in a way where you're safe and comfortable and ready for them to be public. Don't you think? Like think about it. Like think about messaging in that way. Anything that's a service that is hosted and run by somebody else where there is something that's implemented by somebody else. Isn't it just a best practice to assume that everything could become public? And I think you know, you're, I think it, you're right, but isn't that a very dark dystopian surveillance state sort of attitude? I mean, does that mean the only time you and I can only ever can we can only talk honestly when we're face to face, and maybe even then when we're away from a smart device? 
I got to think about that for a second because I feel like my answer is yes. Or we're just okay with everything we say, right? Like we just don't have that many secrets practically. Well, I think practically that is true. I mean, you know, legitimately between you and I, like in our circumstance, that is legitimately true. Like whatever we're talking about, probably, you know, worst case within six months is going to be public because that's what we're doing. We're making public content. Um, but there are things that like opinions or like gossip where you want to keep it personal, uh, where probably personal face to face is the better way to do it. Uh, and I do think that is probably the, the most secure. Um, and I don't know if this is misplaced, and I'm curious to know what you think, Wes, but the other, the other, like, what feels like would be secure would be to write up a, um, like, say, say, like, uh, like, say, say I had this, like, multi-paragraph rant, and I wanted to send it to you about, um, you know, how fucking awful Joe is, right? I want to send you this rant about how awful Joe is. And so I would, if I wanted to send it to you and I wanted it to be 100% secure, I would write it in mousepad which is the XFCE text editor, but or Kate or whatever, G-Edit. And then I would, I would encrypt it with GPG, and then I would send you the encrypted block via whatever, Telegram, email, Signal, WhatsApp, Twitter, like whatever. I, but if I really truly wanted it to be secure, I would encrypt it before it ever was transmitted. I would never rely on the transmission method to provide the encryption. I would always encrypt it before it ever left my hands. And maybe that's misplaced, but I'm curious to know what you think. Well, there, there might be some some room in the middle here, right? Like open source things. I mean, Signal's an interesting case in particular, but perhaps you could have a truly end-to-end encrypted, auditable, you know, reproducible open source application where you could basically offload that step. But yes, you're right. I mean, w- without without some fundamental cryptographic guarantees... You probably don't have any privacy. Yeah, and I, I don't know. As we're talking about this, I have I have friends and family that put all kinds of things out on public, um, easily accessible mediums that are very, very, very revealing. And um, I I I think this is just something that just geeks like us think about, and maybe I, not geeks like us. Maybe a, a broader term would be people in the industry think about. I worry, too, that it, that it makes, um, you know, people who aren't plugged in just sort of wary of technology in general. Like, why am, I, why am I buying things online and worrying about credit card fraud when I could just go pay for something in cash at the store? Now, that's not a way that I could live, unfortunately, perhaps. Um, but if you're not invested, if you're not a technology enthusiast, does it just breed a sort of inherent just distrust because no one has any good heuristics to know if they can trust a particular product? Anyways, WhatsApp. <laughs> it sucks. So uh, I think what really has me upset, I got to be honest with you, is like I got to get into it because this is like peak podcasting right now. 2019, 2020, peak podcasting. We're screwed. We're done. They don't need us after this. I present you Exhibit A. I've never told this story before. But on Thanksgiving weekend. So uh, this is the Joe Rogan podcast. As you uh, may notice, this is Joe Rogan. I was doing a set at the comedy store and some idiot ran up on stage. He comes up to me during the middle of my set and tells me that we are in a simulation. The guy was drunk out of his mind. He was so drunk that he couldn't stand up straight. So we all laughed at him and let security escort him out. But now that we have deep fakes and fake voices, I'm starting to believe that we're not far off from simulations after all. So that was a completely robot simulated Joe Rogan. That was a simulated Joe Rogan podcast. It wasn't the real Joe Rogan. It it was completely generated from scratch. Uh, and that scares the crap out of me. It really seems like we're screwed. Uh, also, here's another example. Friends, I've got something new to tell all of you. I've decided to sponsor a hockey team made up entirely of chimps. I'm tired of people telling me that chimps are not capable of kicking human ass in sports. Chimps are just superior athletes. And these chimps have been working out hard. They're throwing kettlebells, battle ropes, everything. I've got them on a strict diet of bone broth and elk meat. These chimps will rip your balls off. Goddamn, it's impressive. All I got to say is, see you on the ice, folks. <laughs> is that great? <laughs> I can kind of tell there. So first you had me fooled. Oh, yeah. But I can kind of right. tell. I'm wondering if this is like produced from um, like truly 100% from the artificial intelligence just making up all these bits and bites? Or is it like little 
itty bitty sound clips that are all stitched together. So it's the former. Uh, hold on a second, and I'll uh, t- I'll give you an example. Um, and here's the other thing that I think is fascinating, and I've I've kind of wrecked you already, so there's no going back. But if you watch it visually on YouTube, it's it's much more convincing. When you're listening in the audio medium where we don't have a visual component, your brain is not distracted by Joe Rogan's face, and it sounds like a robot. But when you watch it, it sounds less con- – well, it's, it's less obvious. So you asked, is this being generated? I actually think it is – being it while it sounds like things are being cut together i think it actually is being generated because well this next segment right here being a robot has its benefits i can pronounce tongue twisters now check this out peter piper picked a peck of pickled peppers how many pickled peppers did peter piper pick she sells seashells on the seashore the shells she sells are seashells i'm sure also since my brain is connected to the internet i've become a medical expert did you know that basilar membrane and otolaryngology are not autocorrelations? How about that? That's very scary. <laughs> Isn't that very scary. I'm so out of a job. I'm so out of a job. I'm screwed. No, no. You get to keep doing the podcast. You just get to be on the beach and doing whatever you want while your your sort of artificial self continues on. Yeah, right. It makes vacations. Oh, I will license my name. <laughs> Oh, good. All right. You've turned it around now. That's actually pretty great. I think that's actually you wonderful. You've turned 100%. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good with this. This is actually pretty pretty great. Yeah. Can we sign up for this and uh, just start paying? <laughs> we have to make really good shows now. So that way, when this becomes commonplace, people want to hear our voices because we're so well known and we can license. So I, I, I actually embrace our, our robot overloads once again. I want to be on the record. Uh, to our future robot overlords, which obviously will be instantaneously reviewing all recorded medium to evaluate humans and which ones will be killed and which ones will be kept. I want to make it clear I'm on board and I think this is a brilliant idea. I can't wait to work for you. I would love to hear all of the different permutations of fart noises that they make for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, though. Like, I mean, it, it really is weird. Like, I've never told this story before. That's that's completely generated. That's a, that is a robot Rogan. He comes up to me during the middle of my set and tells me that we are in a simulation. Based on the, based on the um, chat room, they suggest hearing Joe Rogan versus Joe Rogan. So like maybe the real Joe Rogan asks a question yeah. and the sure. fake one answers so, it. So, <coughs> you know, like they really in reverse it, like try to figure out which one is which. Oh, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Joe Rogan's kind of like the new, um, talk show he's like the new johnny carson in a way how do you feel about that is that a good thing or is it a sign of progress i guess i think it is because joe rogan talks about things that you can't talk about on abc nbc and cbs i just watched a really really good clip today actually that's what i like about the joe rogan shows not so much the actual full show but the individual clips you know like where you can get like 15 20 minutes of the joe rogan podcast like that's the perfect length for me i don't need i don't need two hours that's that's no good that's no good two hours is too much especially when you're dealing with all kinds of crazy horrible awful computer issues i've been in tech support i've done that before i think we've all had to like help our friends and family with their computers have you ever felt like they're possessed Have you ever felt like maybe there's something inside the computer, like an energy that's just a little weird? Well, it turns out there is a practicing witch who can solve your problems. She'll fix your computer for you, and she can also help with other things. I wanted to kind of solve some issues in the studio and some personal problems that I've been having whenever my wife is PMSing, and I thought I should call her up and get some advice. Anyway, she's a real thing. Yeah, Reverend uh, Joey Talley is your go-to solution and expert provider <laughs> for uh, your computers that are infected with viruses and have issues in the Northern California area. No problem is too small, too big, or too weird. This is a quote Reverend Talley. Uh, I, she says, and I think this is pretty great because as somebody who's, again, done IT for a long time, I completely know what she means. Sometimes I feel like I can tell when I walk into the studio. So I'm, I'm completely on board with her. She says, I just go in and I work the energy. There's different stones that work really well on computers. Fluoride is one of them. Also, some people really like 
amethyst for computers. It, it doesn't really work for me, but I'm psychic. So when I go into a room where somebody's computer is, I, I go in fresh. I step in like a fresh sheet, and I, I'm open to feel what is going on with the computer. Sometimes I do a magic spell, or I tape a magic charm onto the computer somewhere. And so I decided to look more into uh, the Reverend Joey Talley's uh, services because I felt like, you know, from a production standpoint, this is probably something we should look more into. And thankfully, and you can, you can find this for yourself, uh, she does have a YouTube channel. Hi, my name's Reverend Joey Talley, and I'm a minister of the Wicca Way. I offer tarot readings, aura readings, private consultation, and custom spell work. No problem too big, too small, or too weird for the Wicca Way. And I feel like she's going to have a lot of calls after this article from Vice, which we'll have linked in the show notes. But I would really like to call her and I would like to see what she says, because, um, you know, when I hear her, she sounds pretty smart. She sounds pretty with it, actually. She doesn't sound like some sort of like crazy person. Do you think she could rewire the mixer for us? Because that would be great. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not so much believing. I'm not so much believing that she could solve my technical issues, but she might be able to solve. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Some sort of psychological issue, right? Like, it seems like seems just like obvious. I, I should just call her and talk to her. I'm. I think that's something that should happen. I like that she believes in herself so much, and you you hear it in her voice. You know, but I'm curious. Does she offer like a group rate? Like, if you wanted to get, bro, you know, bro, actually, she's got. She's got three different fucking degrees. No shit. Four. What? Four? Four. Four degrees. You can just buy those on the internet, though. No, no. <laughs> like, she's legitimately accredited. She's legitimately smart. Like, no joke. Like, that woman knows what the fuck's up, and I think she's smart. I mean, you don't get this far without having something to offer. I think back at how many times I would have a customer on the line and they would swear that something was broken on a server, and the moment we just got on it, it was just magically fixed. I mean, there's got to be something to that. Or I've broken something, and I'm like, I don't know, the Bogons got it. Maybe it was actually demons. There might be something to it. I think she's on to, on to something with the fluoride thing, because from what I hear, you can also use toothpaste in a pinch for uh, your heat sink if you need to. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> she just gets practical with this. I'm just trying to rationalize it in my own head, right? Just buy thermal paste, cheese. I'm going to call her, and maybe she'll call me back, and then I can get some advice. So I'm going to call her right now here on the show. Let's just do it real quick. Oh, man. I bet she's getting a lot of people calling since that uh, Vice article. We'll put a link in the show notes. Mary Meet, you've reached Reverend Joey Talley, Wicca Minister. I offer tarot readings, aura readings, private consultation, and custom spell work. No problem too big, too small, or too weird for the Wicca way. I'm sorry I missed your call. Please leave me your name and your number, and I'll call you back. And relax. Help's on the way. Blessed be. At the tone. Please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Uh, hi, Dr. Reverend. Uh, my name is Chris, and um, I, I just recently read about you and was intrigued about what you have to offer and thought maybe we could chat. Um, I recently sold my business and curious where to go next and thought um, maybe some consultation would be good. Uh, my phone number, if you want to call me, is one three six zero five four nine. Five eight two one. Uh, would love to chat. I think I just got I got a great read on your energy and just felt like uh, we could really connect. Um, if you don't catch me, just go ahead and leave a voicemail and I will try to call you back. I'm often recording and can't answer my phone, but would love to hear from you. Thank you, Doctor Reverend. There we go. Let's see if she calls me back. Wow! If she calls me back, I'll play it. <laughs> That sounded so genuine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll play that on air if she calls me back. I'll play it on air. Uh, it's going to be good. I'll do therapy with the doctor, Reverend, on the show. Is that a I'll, segment? Dude, I'd totally do it. I'll pay for that. I'll straight up pay for it. It's money well spent, I feel like. I might, I might walk out of this with some good advice for all I know. You never know. So, Andrews, it was a dark and stormy morning. 
just on the peak of the productive moment for Ange, where she could strike. The kids have gone off to school. The shows have been published. It's time to take to the social medias and announce to the world the new release of the latest and greatest Jupiter Broadcasting podcast. But it must be done in a way that respects privacy and security, and it must take advantage of something that is great in the Firefox browser. And this is where it all fell apart. Take it away, Ange. Okay, so it was actually uh, not quite that setup, but oh come on, it was so dramatic. It like, was. I could picture like Drew adding like thunderstorm music. <laughs> he and totally sound effects. can. He totally can. But then <laughs> yeah, he's right. going to keep this part where I correct that it was Friday night that I saw an article from Engadget posted in the Jupiter Broadcasting Telegram uh, group chat that said something about add-ons in Firefox being uh, basically inactivated. Just gone. And the next morning, yes, I was going, it was Saturday morning. The next morning, I went to my computer to promote something on the social networks. And I was so relieved to see that the add-on that I use, which is a container add-on, was still functional. And I thought, yes. But then just 30 minutes later, it was gone. Everything. Like, nine different Twitter accounts that I'm signed into, three different Facebooks, two Instagrams, and two different Gmails. And so not, I didn't get like, we can't have, we can't load this page anymore or anything like that. It just closed all of those pinned tabs and I didn't know what to do. And so. No, 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 no. Hey. You got to back, you got to back up a second. So, um. What is this container extension and why do you need it to use Facebook and Twitter? So I have a link in the show notes for the multi-account container provided by the fire, this Firefox add-on. And what it does is it allows me to sign into different uh, credentials within the same browser. And the thing is, is I've never been good with workflow when I use multiple desktops. Like it just... It really messes up my brain. I want it all in front of me and not have to switch desktops. Um, so it allows me to sign into all of those nine Twitters, which is one for each show plus Jupiter Broadcasting and then my own personal one. Yeah. So it's just it's not only the credentials, but it's like all of like the tracking crap and like all of that is all in a container that's in this Firefox profile that all of the other areas can't touch. So when you're browsing the web, you're not signed into Facebook. So you're not getting like all of like the tracking that happens on any website that has the uh, the like button or whatever. Right. And that's actually uh, originally why I got this app was because Facebook was actually um, like, I guess, trying to scan all my tabs and causing Firefox to crash on a daily basis. And I could hear my, my computer fan spinning up while it's trying to sit there and like check everything. So once I put I Facebook, <laughs> once I put Facebook in a container, suddenly I didn't have Firefox issues anymore. Well, you know, other it, not that one, at least. It wasn't eating your CPU all the time. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And so, uh, yeah, it really it really cramped my workflow. So uh, getting that add-on was really helpful. But then losing it was horrible. I All I could see was having to find all the credentials for the, all those Twitter accounts all over again. <laughs> and... One thing that you put in the in the group chat of the Telegram group chat was a Twitter status about uh, having suddenly browsing the internet without ad blocker. Yeah, which I hadn't realized weird? until like, you boom. posted that. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I I hadn't experienced that either. But anyway, somebody in in the Jupiter Broadcasting community in Telegram named Josias helped me figure out how to uh, force the refresh so that I could have those extend or add-ons back. And so huge shout out to Josias for helping me with that. Oh, good, good. Yeah. And I mean, like overall, it was like 12 hours max, right? Yeah. For me, it was like an hour, like within an hour after my tabs closed within an hour, I had everything back up and running and it remembered all the credentials, which is great. Um, so Yeah. It's kind of embarrassing, though. It's pretty big screw up on Mozilla's front. That's bad. That's bad. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know if it would be like the thing that would make people switch to Chrome. I mean, at least a few people had to be sitting there going, screw this. I'm done with this. I'm switching to Chrome. It's really kind of a shame. But you, you got through it. And that's good. I think that's what really matters. And, and a big plug for that containers add-on. Definitely, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yep. As well as... 
the Telegram. Oh, yeah. You know, in fact, we have the link now at the top of the Jupiter Broadcasting website. Also, lazy link. I think it's just jupiterbroadcasting.com slash telegram, and it'll forge you to our uh, Telegram group if you want to if you wanna participate. Confirmed. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Live testing right there. Follow up. Well, I follow up. If you're watching live, if you're following along on a Friday... This is really what we're doing here. Is we're we're doing a we're doing a show that just gives us a reason to hang out with the community and and chat with the chat room. But I just want to take a second and I want to say thank you to those of you who have made it out on a Friday to hang out with us because that's why we're doing this. We want to have a moment for the community to get together. And I know, I, I I know I know I know it's not the perfect time. I know that, but it's what we can do, and it's when everybody's available, and and, and there will be dates. There'll be weeks where we have to move it, like probably next week, to be honest with you, because I've got to go to Texas Linux Fest. I won't be here on a Friday. So we may end up having to record the show on Thursday next week. But I'd love to have you join us because we really have something special in this community, something that's unique uh, in the free software and open source world. And I'd love to have you participate more. Uh, You, the people listening right now, I'd love to have you participate more. JupiterBroadcasting.com slash calendar is where you can get the times that we do the show live. We will probably do it at a different time uh, over the next week because of Texas Linux Fest. And if you're going to be at Texas Linux Fest, please come say hi. I would love to love would love to shake your hand or do a fist bump, something like that, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, and also, while I'm doing some of these housekeeping related things, we got a website, FridayStream.com. FridayStream.com slash subscribe, FridayStream.com slash contact. You know, let us, uh, Cheesy's always taking in uh, music suggestions. At Cheese Bacon, right? Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If uh, anyone is out there that's in a band or has some friends that are in a band and their band would maybe like to have their song played on the intro or outro, uh, you know, get it get it over to us so, so we can get it in the loop and add yeah. it to the queue. yeah. Yeah, we'd love to throw it. Well, why not? We'll throw it on. We'll throw it on. We also do some stuff before and after the uh, actual recording, too, on the live stream. So some stuff that doesn't make it into the show still makes it on the stream. We play extra songs, stuff like that. You know, set it in. Maybe we'll review it. Do it. Do it. Do it, as uh, Cheesy says. Uh, he's going to be there at Texas Linux Fest as well. Uh, are you and the lady doing an Airbnb? Or are you guys going to do the hotel? Like, what are your final thoughts on that? I think we're just going to do the hotel. Yeah, the um, same one? The same one I'm doing? Yeah. Yeah. It makes it so much easier from like an Uber standpoint and stuff like Ubers and Lyfts. Absolutely. Well, and we're going to have the Jeep there too. So we'll be your Uber <gasps> and Lyft. Oh my goodness. Actually, I have a car down there too uh, because I'm big time. I have a car in Texas. You're insane. <laughs> so um, I guess we'll have that as well. And I should actually put some miles on to charge up the battery because I told the, I told the leadership team at Linux Academy that they could drive the car anytime they want, but they're driving it from like a, a, a they're driving it like for two minutes. So it gets a total drive time of like four minutes a day. <laughs> I'm just thinking that's, that's gotta be draining the battery. So we should go for a ride is what I'm saying. You know, you know what I'm saying? You know, we'll go for a little, Oh man, that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun next week. I'm I'm already looking forward to that. Whew. Okay, so I just want to correct you cuz you keep saying next week. It is not next week. Next week is Barcelona. Yeah, okay, all right. This is I mean I know. It's that's why that's why I got a drink right now because I'm in this phase where it's 3 days at a time and beyond 3 days I can't conceptualize. I'm not <laughs> kidding. I know. So it's 2 weeks from today. So maybe by the time this is released. No, so here's what's going to happen is, yeah, well, exactly. Brent and I are going to go down to Portland the week this mm-hmm. comes out, and then I'm going to get back here, I'm going to see the kids, I'm going to do some shows, and then I'm leaving to Texas. That's basically it. And then we'll have barbecue. In my world, that's next week. What? What about barbecue? And I said, then we'll have barbecue. Oh, L, Are you teasing me? No, it, you're going to be in Texas. We have to have barbecue. It's, it's a law somewhere, I'm sure. It is a law. In the DFW area, though? You just got to know where to look. Do you know where to look? I do. Oh, Are you aware okay. of the internet also? <laughs> I went and asked people. I, I feel like when it comes to barbecue, that's one of those things that's so important. You got to go beyond what like internet reviews say. And you got you to gotta do like IRL networking. That's, that's, that matters when it comes to barbecue. Or just make the sacrifice and start building the data set for me. <laughs> I'll try them all for you, Wes. I'll try them all. Elle, are you staying in the hotel? Or are you doing Airbnb? What are you doing? I'm staying at the hotel. 
Yeah, okay. Cool. All right. That's going to make it easy. All right. Then I think this Barbie thing is going to happen. Alex is going to be there as well. So it'll be you, Cheese, myself, and Alex all at Texas Linux Fest coming up here in just a little bit. It's like, um, what is it, the 31st to the 1st? Is that what it is? That is right. Yep. There you go. You can find more. We'll have a link in the show notes. All right. Well, we're getting out of here. Our outro song is the Ron Jeremy's. This is Stay. And uh, we'll have a link to it in the show notes. Thanks so much for being here. Fridaystream.com for links to the stuff we talked about. And we'll be live, I don't know, maybe on Thursday. We'll have Friday on a Thursday. And if you want this thing on a download, when it's all cleaned up and stuff, Fridaystream.com slash subscribe. We do Friday on a Monday over here. All right. Thank you so much for making it. Appreciate you all. See you back here next week.